1: Hey guys, what's going on? Jeb here and welcome to the show, guys. We got a lot to talk about today. The very first thing that we're going to be jumping into today is a lot of discussion around the Bitcoin dominance because there is a falling wedge that is showing up on the Bitcoin dominance chart that Bitcoin has just broken out of. Historically, whenever this happens, it means that Bitcoin is about to start gobbling up market dominance from the rest of the altcoin market. And that means that right now, we might be in prime territory to start cycling out some of our profits in altcoins into Bitcoin has Bitcoin bottomed and is now the the time to buy. We're going to talk about that. But we're also going to talk about Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell and the FOMC, Federal Open Market Committee, and how they are meeting today to talk about, or meeting soon to talk about tapering interest rates, or excuse, me, excuse me, tapering uh, buying of bonds and inflation of the U.S. dollar. And we're going to talk about all of that and the implications that that is going to have on Bitcoin, on traditional financial markets, and more importantly, on your portfolio. We got a great show lined up for you today, guys. I cannot wait to dive on into it and learn a little bit more about where Bitcoin is going. If you enjoyed today's show, make sure to hit that like button. Let's see if we can't get to 1,000 likes here in the first 10 minutes. It really helps to promote this content in the algorithm. And if you think 10 other people might find value in it, hit that like button. It helps us out. I am joined, as always, by T.A. Tim, who has a terrific T shirt. T-rific. t uh, shirt. Emphasis on the T. Yeah. Even though it's not a T shirt. It's tea. not a T shirt. I had to do it. Uh, I had to just, do it to I, you. Yeah, I don't know. The alliteration was worth a lot. No, this
2: is great. No, this, I, uh, I, fun fact, this was what I wore when I was snowboarding when I uh, felt smack uh-huh. on my face.
1: Oof. Nice. So. It didn't protect your face, but it will protect the rest of you. It did huh? not. It
2: did not protect the face. Did, at did, all. did,
1: did the beard but act? look good falling? Did the, well, there you go. Did the beard act as a cushion? Not at all. No. out. what's the point of it Did it keep you warm? Yeah, I
2: was pretty warm. Okay. well, It was pretty cool, too, because have you ever seen that look of like, when you see the videos of, like, the guy climbing the mountain and his beard and mustache are all frosted. His beard's one giant Yeah, no, I, my beard was covered in snow and ice. <laughs> and it, it made me look like I was a cool dude. Made you look cool, but I had just fallen on my face. Well, I mean, so I don't really think I
1: cool. don't think it. Nah, I take that back. Literally every time I've ever snowboarded, I was that guy. I was gonna say I don't think it's possible to not look cool while snowboarding. It's very much possible to not look cool while snowboarding, but it's also very possible to look really cool while snowboarding. We are also joined, as always, by Sme who I would love to get up on the slopes one day. Hello, hello. Oh yeah, no,
0: I've never snowboarded. I've never snowboarded, but might have to change that. I would like to uh, take a moment. To first of all, I would like to welcome the disembodied voice of T-Shroom, would you like to say hello to everybody? Hello, everybody. Oh, he now oh, has a voice, guys. Oh gosh. Now that the camera. Right, I'm just waiting for an HDMI to come in the mail, and then he's plugged in. He's on the show starting Ooh. hopefully tomorrow. So we'll be on the lookout for that. But I would like to shout out three special, special members. Also, I just want to make a little announcement: the perks have officially changed on the membership program. So today, me and Jeb are going to be sitting down recording a video to announce the, those, how those new perks are going to work and you're stuff. You're wearing one so, of them, aren't you? I said you oh, got to show. Someone just yeah, asked. You're yeah, wearing one of that, them. Look at that. Check look out the this. new merchandise, Let's guys. Dive right on. Go to cryptojeb.com forward slash merch. So, yeah, there's going to be, there, and these are very bullish changes in my opinion. Um, so, guys, make sure you check out the membership program. Things are about to get real good. Is it, it Smey,
1: be honest with me. Yes. Is the merchandise comfortable? Oh, it's really
0: comfortable. Like this Is the shirt, merchandise quality? I, oh, dude, this is
1: quality. Is quality the merchandise 100% it cotton? It is, it is 100% cotton. It is a good feeling shirt, guys. We Which, got a bunch of merch you know, in the mail yesterday. Anyways,
0: fantastic. I would like to shout out these members. Um, uh, I would like to shout out Neil Melker. Crypto Knight and Felix Danny Woo-hoo. Estella. Thank you Let's guys so go. much for being members. And you guys, you're about to have a dude. You know what I mean? going to dive right on into it. I don't want to spoil it, you know what I mean? But this is really exciting so for mate, you guys. You have a real
1: good feeling about the merchandise? I have a really good feeling I'm just about leading it. you on in the sales pitch, guys. Make sure you get that merch. Guys, we got a great show lined up for you. Let me go ahead and tease you some of the headlines. First and foremost, it will Jerome Powell and the Fed decide to accelerate the tapering? And what will that mean for the cryptocurrency market? That's coming right up. And also, New York Digital Investment Group, who almost snagged Kelly before he came to work for us, completed a $1 billion with a B dollar fund around that is a very big deal and several other european banks are going to be offering bitcoin and ethereum one of them is in germany and 50 million bankers in germany under this bank have just come online in crypto we're going to be getting to all of that but let's go ahead and jump into our pulse of the market here guys we're going to look at the top 10 biggest gainers losers and we're going to look at the market dominance for bitcoin we have so much to dive into today and i'm really looking forward to it let's get started First and foremost, let's take a look here at the top 10. You know it's a bad day when only a stablecoin and Dogecoin are the ones that are rallying in the top 10. Dogecoin's up 20%, had a big spike. I don't know, did Elon Musk tweet or something? I'm not sure why Dogecoin is up 20%. I'm sure someone will tell us in the chat, but Tether and US dollar coin, USDC, are both up under a tenth of a percent. Everything else is down, but if we go ahead and sort by biggest gainers and losers... Dogecoin is the biggest gainer today. I it, it's I feel defeated saying that, but it's true. I remember when Dogecoin having a billion dollar market capitalization was a big deal. Now it has a twenty six billion dollar market capitalization. Absolutely crazy. Just goes to show you the power of community, and that's why we're building our community, and that's why the communities that you are a part of are so powerful. Is because we are communal animals. We're social animals, and whenever we believe in a project like Dogecoin or Shiba Inu, even if they have basically no fundamentals, they're. Probably going to pump. We can also see PancakeSwap is doing very well. PancakeSwap is a pretty good project. Tezos is up there as well. EOS is up in the top five of the biggest gainers over the last 24 hours, too. Revain is down. We talked about how this project, Rev, had a pretty large rally over the last couple of days. It was the biggest gainer a little while ago. Now it's the biggest loser. Decred and Kadena are down here as well, as is Waves. So we've got a lot of volatility going on in the space right now. But just looking at a lot of these last seven-day charts, You can see what's really going on in the market is there's a lot of sideways action. We got a lot of people trying to figure out, okay, where do I think Bitcoin and cryptocurrency is going next? We need to find an equilibrium. We need to find a bottom. I think right now, a lot of people are accumulating, and a lot of people are selling Bitcoin. We got a lot of the short-term traders who are fearful selling to the long-term hodlers who are optimistic. You might want to play that again, because that's exactly what I think characterizes the entire market over the last week. But, let's go ahead and take a look here at something called the Bitcoin Dominance Market. We're going to jump over, instead of up here on CoinMarketCap, I'm actually going to go to BTC.D, which is a chart that shows you the Bitcoin Market Dominance on a candlestick chart, so we can do some actual analysis on it. If you zoom out, you can see that we're looking at several years of dominance history here for Bitcoin. You can see Bitcoin's dominance used to be north of 95% until about Valentine's Day 2017, when it dropped from 95 to 35%. This was the first altcoin season, and then this right here represents the 2018 19 bear market. And what we saw here is actually very important because whenever Bitcoin is uh, going into a rally, it normally is because whenever it's going into a rally over the dominance, excuse me, the reason it normally is doing that is because people are fearful of the altcoins. Either you're in a bear market or some kind of major fallout has just happened in the altcoin sector. But let's back up. What is dominance? Let's say that the cryptocurrency market as a whole is worth a trillion dollars. It's not. It's worth about two and a half. But let's just say for the sake of math, it's worth a trillion dollars. Market dominance is the ratio of how much of that is Bitcoin compared to everything else. So right now, the market dominance of Bitcoin is measured in percent. It's 41. 1.66%. That means 41.66% of all the money in market capitalization measured all around the crypto markets is in Bitcoin right now. We know that is true because we can also see it over here on CoinMarketCap. Bitcoin has a market capitalization of just shy of $900 billion. And the total crypto market cap right now is $2.16 trillion. And we get a lot of information out of this chart. What we can see from this chart going back to the beginning of this year, from January all the way through May, is we saw a major drop on Bitcoin market dominance from 73% to 40%. Why did that happen? It's very important that we ask that question why whenever we're doing analysis. Why did we see a major drop right there? Well, if you'll remember back to January, February, March, that was the quarter of the NFT. That was the quarter of DeFi. That was the quarter of Layer 2 Protocols. That was the quarter where the altcoin market really started developing and really started gaining a lot of maturity and adoption and it really started growing. By the way, for all of you guys who struggle with patience, that should serve as a reminder to you that everything that's going on in the altcoin market a year ago, 90% of it not only was not doing as well as it was now, 90% of it, maybe 80% of it, didn't even exist yet. Just to clarify on that, so if you have struggled, if you've been struggling with patience, as I know we all can, I do too. Just remember that the altcoin market and the and the major strides that it has make has made has been very very recent. But what I really want to show you today on the Bitcoin market dominance chart and why I think it might be telling us that there's a buying opportunity coming in is. Uh, the last three months. If we look back to May, we can see Bitcoin fell all the way down to 40% market dominance, which is actually a level we pulled back down to at the beginning of 2018 as well. So 40% market dominance is a pretty critical level for Bitcoin. And we have triple bottomed as of about a week ago on 40% market dominance. But take a look here at what's happened in the last month. Bitcoin was in a falling wedge here on the market dominance chart. And as we know from our studies of technical analysis in places like CT2A and on this channel and on other channels, you guys will know there's a 70% likelihood that this pattern will break in this direction. A falling wedge has a 70% chance of breaking north. And so far, that's what it looks like is happening over the last two days. The last seven days, we have been moving to the upside. The last two days, we've been above this downtrend. What does this mean? Well, the last time that we saw this happen, which was right over here, you guys know that we had a pretty major market dominance rally from 41% all the way up to 47% That. that constitutes about $200 billion moving into the Bitcoin space. And that is uh, that means that the altcoins start shedding their market capitalization and it starts moving into Bitcoin. What am I trying to tell you here? And after I say this, we're going to move into our first intermission and check in with chat. What I'm trying to say here is that a lot of these altcoins have been undergoing major corrections recently. What does that mean? It means people are selling. The money did not disappear. Just want you to know that whenever Chainlink goes from $36 to $18 or when Cardano goes from $2.20 to 20 cents. Down to a dollar and twenty-three cents, or whenever AVAX drops like it did, or whenever Ethereum does. That money didn't disappear. It went into stable coins, and it went into U.S. dollars, and it went into other national currencies. That money is now sitting on the sidelines, and people are looking for a place to put it. Where are they going to put it? It looks like, based on the market dominance chart, that they might be about to put it into Bitcoin, and we could see a big rally on Bitcoin. And that's going to lead us into our Bitcoin technical analysis after our first break, which starts right now. Let's see if we have anything interesting in chat. And by the end, I, I know we do. Let's try and pick the best one. And also, guys, make sure you hit that like button if you haven't already if you were enjoying today's content
2: yeah i'm looking with no super Gold chat screen. so i'm going to look to see <clears throat> what we have going on in chat uh, sorry i was i was also collecting some other data for some stuff we're doing a little later uh some crypto batman's twin forehead whoa that's a name crypto uh, batman's twin forehead quick facts this is a little educational okay dogecoin has a team of developers always working and updating dogecoin blockchain yep. he's Hashtag right no he
1: is others. right i remember What was it three years ago when Dogecoin first hit um, a billion dollars market capitalization that the founder, the creator and some of the early people in Dogecoin realized, oh, crap, this thing's worth a billion dollars. We need to like be developing this. Right. And they hired like a team of 16 people and they started developing it. The one problem I have with (laughs) Is that not the definition of centralization? That's one of the things I love about Bitcoin. Bitcoin does not have a headquarters. It does not have a central team. It does not have, you know, a team of developers. It has volunteers who voluntarily develop it, and they make money through mining and trading and whatnot, and they have a vested interest in growing the space because they own Bitcoin. But it's not a centralized team of developers. And I know what you're saying, but Jeb, pretty much every single cryptocurrency in the market has that. Even Ethereum, to a certain extent, has that kind of team of developers and, you know, the Ethereum Foundation and everything like that. The issue with that is that doesn't make it right. So, Dogecoin, in my opinion, it does have a lot of people developing it. But just because you have a lot of people developing it doesn't mean that you are moving in the right direction. But it is true. Yeah, see here.
2: Uh, Ian is doing it for the doubters. Shout out to him. Said must should accept Bitcoin again. I'm sure he filled his bags in May
1: I guarantee. when his and China simultaneously blasted I can out. almost guarantee you he did. You know, I talked about this with Nick Dye over on Debate Crypto's channel yesterday. Um, shout out to Nick if he's watching. <laughs> the th- the funny thing is a lot of people are um A lot of these companies seem to not want to get into Bitcoin. But you know what a lot of these companies are doing? They're also selling their stock. And as I said earlier, when you sell all coins, what do you get? You get U.S. dollars or stable coins or some other national currency. Obviously, we have not seen um, uh, uh, an Apple or an Amazon or a Walmart or any of these. Well, Walmart has had some news. But any of these major trillion-dollar companies, most of them have not bought Bitcoin. But I can almost guarantee you... That Their executive team is buying Bitcoin because they want to make the gains, even if the board and the investors uh, that own the stock of that company and are, are not comfortable with them doing that. They're more than they're more than capable and willing and able to do it themselves. So I think a lot of these power players in the world are buying Bitcoin. I think it'd be strange if they didn't. Yeah, did you get the text from uh, Kelly in that group? I did. Let me pull that up really quickly. He was saying
2: Doge is up because Musk said that he's going to allow merch purchases in Doge.
1: Boom, there you go. Did I not say earlier that he more than likely tweeted something? That is really funny. But here's the thing, guys, and we've talked about this before. And after this, we'll jump right into our Bitcoin technical analysis. We have one more question for uh, Smey, actually. Sure. If you want to do that one. Do, finish the answer, and then we'll ask Samay. Sure. The thing you have to be careful about is when one man controls the price of an asset, are you really comfortable investing in it? Because he can, if he can pump the price 20%, you better bet your bottom dollar he can drop it 20%. Do you want your investment in that? I would be very careful about that. No one man has that kind of power over Bitcoin the same way that that one man has over Dogecoin. Don't get me wrong. Elon Musk has influence, and a tweet that he puts at the wrong time can cause a drop in the market but Bitcoin's value does not come from Elon Musk. Just because his tweets can manipulate the price does not give Bitcoin its value, but you would be remiss to not find anybody that says that Dogecoin's value does not come from somebody like an Elon Musk pumping it. We got yeah. a question for Smay.
2: Yeah, we have one from Lucky123. Hey, Smay, what do you think we are in the turtle market? Where are we in the turtle market? That's a good question. Uh, mm-hmm. and, I, and he also wanted to note that he loves the show. Thank you. thank, Aww, you.
0: thank um, you. Oh, okay. I mean... Uh, I mean, honestly, guys, we're pretty much in terms of if we're thinking turtle market, we're there, you
2: know, Uh, I, I
0: think in like if we're if we're talking maybe where we're at in the turtle market we're probably about right around that area. Could you so, tweet a
2: definition of the turtle
1: market? Can you do that? I'll repeat it. I can. It. Dude, I can, can. we get some hashtag turtle so, markets in the chat? It, I
0: will, I I will after the stream, make a tweet about what a turtle market is, and you guys can follow me on Twitter and find out. Boom. Better. There you go. Guys,
1: if you're enjoying today's show, smash that like button. It helps to boost the engagement on this video. Let's see if we can't get to 1,000 likes here in the next couple of minutes. I very much appreciate all of you for tuning in. It is our mission here to bring you high-quality, educational, and informational content to help you become financially free by working in cryptocurrency markets, because I believe financial freedom is one of the gate. It is not only the gate, but it's also the key to living a purpose-driven life. Living a purpose-driven life, I think, is where you're going to find your fulfillment and it's going to find your joy and it's where you're going to find kind of what you're looking for. So I encourage you to hit that like button. But let's go ahead and jump on to Bitcoin. We got some traditional TA over here. We got our uh, T muncher over here, this guy with the top hat. And uh, we are going to jump into some Bitcoin technical analysis. The very first thing I want to show you out here on the daily is is the MACD which has been taken off of my chart by someone on our research team, Mr. T shroom over there. I'm gonna blame it on you, even though it's probably not your fault. Let's go ahead and look at the MACD. <laughs> he's got a he's got a mic now, so he can respond to that. What do you have to say for yourself, T Shroom? You're always manipulating my chart. Uh the MACD wasn't me. Oh, okay. Whoa. There you go. Whoa. Whoa. Okay. There you go. Quick on the draw. How about that? Uh, that's why we love him. Let's go ahead and take a look here at the MACD, though. As we can see, the MACD has been converging bullish. Tim really liked that one. He was I, I just love T-Shirts' rhymes. I wish you guys could be in the office with it every day. I know. He, he does nothing. We had a presentation of the day he as an office, to- and all of
2: his like presentation was rhyme.
1: Like he's he a poet. He's the king of dad jokes. It's great. He's a poet and doesn't know it. Well, actually, I'll take it back. He probably does he, know he, it. He does know it. He yeah. knows it full well. Anyway, taking a look at the MACD here, you can see MACD has been converging bullish over the last week or so. In general, we've had three red days. Here, but it does look like we're getting closer to a bullish MACD cross, and this is kind of the first point that we're going to make here. There is actually a lot of reasons to believe that we might be very close to bottoming out on Bitcoin. I don't think we're as close to bottoming out on projects like Ethereum or some of these altcoins, but I do think Ethereum, I do think Bitcoin is pretty close. I don't know if it's here yet. Like I told you guys, it might take a little bit of time. I'm not saying it's here in time space. I'm saying I think it might be here in dollar space. I think probably somewhere around 45 to 46K. That's where we're going to find that support for Bitcoin. Now, we might not have a strong bounce for three weeks. I just want to clarify. I'm saying I think we're close as far as amount not the time frame we're on, we're close on the y-axis maybe not the x-axis but taking a look here at the at the macd you're going to see why i'm saying that this is one of the first things i want to show you we are looking at potentially the second lowest bullish MACD cross in the history of Bitcoin. We've only seen one bullish MACD cross lower than that. Happened on the 30th of May. And might I note that the 30th of May, if we just go ahead and take our cross right here and we look at it, the 30th of May, Bitcoin was trading at 34000 That was not the bottom. The eventual bottom would be uh, 29500 But if you just measure that, Bitcoin only had to go another 10% to the downside. So that bullish MACD cross did indicate that we were maybe not at the bottom, but close. So if we see another bullish MACD cross relatively soon, then you should expect that the bottom is within five to 10% of where we currently find ourselves whenever that bullish MACD cross takes place. The next thing I want to show you is the RSI. The RSI is attempting to have a bounce. It looks like we're setting a lower, uh, excuse me, a higher low in place right now. As you can see, we did pull all the way back down to 30, which is traditionally a bottoming signal. Like, for example, let's just go back in history here a little bit and look at the last several times that we've seen a 30 on the RSI. There was one here in March of 2020. I'm going to be pretty strict on this. I'm not even going to count this 32. I'm going to count only 30s. We also saw one right here. We also saw one right here. We saw one right here. And we saw one right here. These are the five major times that we have ever seen Bitcoin go to 30 on the RSI. What happened? Pretty close to the bottom, rallied from, for perspective, $3,500 to $13,000, 300% rally. Right over here, we're pretty close to the bottom. Let me zoom in on this just to show you what I'm talking about. I don't know why my chart won't lock. There we go. If we look at this next time we saw it happen, Bitcoin would rally from $8,000 to $10,500. Right over here, we hit 30. We rallied from, at the time, to be fair, we were at 8K. We rallied to 10.5. Back over here, we rallied from $3,000, $4,000 on Bitcoin to, I mean, you could say $12,500. You could also say we rallied all the way up here. And then back over here in May, we saw a 30 touch, and then we would end up going on to rally from $34,000 to $68,000. So some basic historical analysis of the last five times this has happened, which, by the way, it's only happened five times in three years, tells us that Bitcoin is close to the bottom. This is another reason why I'm telling you guys that I think that we are very close. I don't personally think that we're going into a bear market. I don't personally think that sentiment has become so sour that we are going into a massive dump. I don't think we're going to go below $40,000. I could be wrong on that. I've been wrong in the past, but I have very strong reasons to believe that that's not going to happen and that we are looking at good buying opportunities in between forty and 47000 Anywhere in there, I think, is a great place to be purchasing, at least in my humble opinion. With that said, let's also go ahead and take a look at VPVR, the volume profile of the visible range. Aha, this is pretty interesting. So my VPVR got reset. You can see these big bars over here. Let me use this as a teaching example to show you guys how to set this up the way I do. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go into settings here on VPVR. I'm going to change row size from 24, which is the default, to 200. And that will give us a lot more resolution over here. If you've ever wondered how I got my VPVR set up like that, that um, that's a good way for me to show it to you. And how I do it. But what I want to show you right here, guys, is that there is a point of control. It is not the maximum point of control because that's down at 33, but there is a point of control sitting on VPVR right here at $47,500. Where are we right now? 47,200. So we're right there in that zone, guys. If we do start pulling to the downside, guess what? The bottom down here is at 42k. Could we go to 42k? Absolutely. I told you guys that yesterday. We could go as low as 40,000. That is our low down here. If we drop below 40k, we have a serious conversation we need to have. But we could drop to 40 to 42k and we would be just fine. And we would also be pulling back down into a lot of support that is built on the VPVR. So the VPVR is very important right now. It's telling us that $47,000 hopefully will hold, but if it doesn't, 40 to 42 2,000 is our next level of support, and I think it would be a decent place to be purchasing yourself some coin. But with that said, let's go ahead and take a look at our Lux Algo. And by the way, guys, I have a special announcement for you guys today. Luxalgo actually just relaunched a lifetime membership sale. Now, they said it was never coming back at this price, and they were right. It was going for $9.97 before. It's now going for $11.97. But Lux Algo, in my humble opinion, is worth every single penny. So if you want to sign up for the lifetime membership with Lux Algo, <clears throat> and not have to worry about the monthly payments because it is traditionally a subscriptionary model, You should check the link in the description box down below. Use coupon code J E B B for 20% off at checkout, and you will be glad you did. The reason that I think you'll be glad you did is because I have been using LuxAlgo every single day for the last several months, and it has been remarkably helpful in my trading. And I am going to show you why right now as we're doing our analysis. Looking here on the daily chart, you're going to see why. We are under a sell signal right here on LuxAlgo, and we have been ever since the 16th of November. But remember, the core tenant of trading with LuxAlgo and and doing analysis with LuxAlgo in my opinion and with all analysis is look for some confirmation. I'm going go in here and grab my Lux Oscillator Premium because that got taken off my chart as well. Let's go ahead and set this all up. Lux oscillator is one of the three things that I use for confirmation. I use the sell signal, which you can see right here. I use the red trend catcher, which is this line right here. And then I also use Lux Oscillator Premium turning red, which you can see down here, has occurred. What that is basically telling us, let's just lay the foundation, is that we are in a confirmed downtrend on Lux Lux Algo, and we are now awaiting signal and confirmation that we're going to be getting out of that. I think we're close to the bottom. Lux Algo on the daily chart is obviously going to take a couple of days after we start a rally to tell us because it doesn't want to give us false signals, and we need to wait for that confirmation. A good example of that is back over here. The bottom on Bitcoin was technically $40,000. The Lux Algo actual buy signal came in around 47 K and you might look at this and think, oh, crap. Well, it was late. Well, you actually caught a 40% rally and you didn't get an invalid signal. So it's actually a good thing that it waits a little bit. But if you look down on the shorter term timeframes, you're going to get a more early um, sign that something might be happening because down on the four hourly chart. Lux Algo is under a sell signal right now, but all we need to see happen, guys, is for Trend Catcher, which is this red line right here to turn green, we need to see a buy a buy signal. In my opinion, since we're trying to set up a major reversal on the daily chart, I would wait for a strong buy signal, and we also want to look for Lux Oscillator to turn green, which it is converging on itself right now, so that is in the cards. Right now, it looks to me like if Bitcoin rallies above you know, 49, 50, 51, 52, then we could see that buy setup and we could see a bottoming pattern, Lux Algo is going to be a confirmation in this case. It may give you an early warning sign that something is coming in this case, but I think the real value of it is that if we go into an uptrend and you look at Lux Algo, it's going to give you confirmation that you are actually seeing that begin. So, at the end of the day what are we seeing lux algo called this downtrend it says we're still in this downtrend and we want to look for ways to find out that we are exiting this downtrend that is what i think about that but let's go ahead and take a look here at market cipher as well while i'm pulling that up because i do need to get one of them up that was taken off my chart let's go to full screen Tim, do you have any thoughts on lux algo right now is are you seeing anything on it
2: Uh, Something that I think is very interesting Especially on the four hourly chart (laughs) Is how much below that trend catcher We actually are And I'm going back in back analysis I'm just scrolling back Just looking through the chart I'll show it I cannot find a time Where we were this far beneath uh, The trend catcher Good point And didn't have a very big rally To catch back up to it
1: so yeah, I'm point. still
2: looking. I'm, you know, I, I want to be proven wrong. You know, I'm still learning Lux Ago along with everybody else. But <clears throat> a great example, what I see, just so you guys know, is go back to the last time that I was really convinced that we were in an accumulation phase, a Wyckoff accumulation phase, which was back in May, June, July. That was the last time we were this far below that trend catcher, and guess what happened? Had we explosion. had our explosion into, what was that? We, we ended up rallying.
1: We rallied I mean, yeah. we almost doubled. I, we went from 29,500 to 50,000, 50,000 and something. Yeah, but it t- 80%
2: rally after that.
1: 80% so, rally after that, yeah. Uh, so uh, to me, that's another very bullish sign that I'm looking at at Luxor. That's a good point. Yeah, I didn't uh, notice so, that. That's yep. a really good point. We are very far below uh, the trend catcher right now. You can see us sitting right here. We are. It's uh, just screaming. It screaming, is, yeah. Screaming. That it's ready to buy. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. I think that you are absolutely onto something, and that lines up with all of our other analysis, which we're going to be diving into today, that is telling us that, hey, look, we are very close to the bottom, and I would agree with that analysis. I think that we are getting there. I don't know that we're quite there yet, but I do think that we are close. With that said, let's go ahead and take a look at Market Cypher. We're actually going to jump onto the six hour chart. I haven't looked at that one probably ever on the channel, but there's some interesting things showing up on Market Cypher six hour down here. One of the first things, is that money flow is rounding. So remember, let's back up. What does Market Cipher tell us? We have the RSI lines up here. These tell us the strength of the bulls and the bears. We have the VWAP, which is this little curvy line right here. This tells us whether we are above recent price or below recent price. We have this line right here, which at this point is red. This is the money flow. This is telling us is money moving in or out of the market. And then we also have this blue wave area right here, which is called the momentum. And that tells us what direction are, which faction the bulls or the bears have charge and have the power right now. And we're getting a lot of very interesting signals on the six hour chart on Market Cipher. We've already seen a lot of them on the four hourly chart. Now it's kind of moving up. What you want to see happen is if you start to see buying opportunities on the on the four hourly chart, then look at the six hour, then look at the eight hour, then the 12 hour, then the daily. And if it just starts moving up the time frames, then that's generally a good opportunity to uh, be reading into that. Because if you're seeing it creep up the time frames, then obviously you're gaining uh, confirmation and more importantly, confidence. And what I wanna show you here is uh, that the six hourly chart on market cipher is doing something very interesting. One, there was a green dot down here on the f- on the six hour chart, and I believe this also showed up pretty much everywhere else. It showed up on the four hourly chart right here. I believe it even showed up on the daily chart right here, as you can see, which the daily chart's a whole other can of worms, we'll get to that in a second. But the, mo- the uh, momentum right here, has set three higher lows and take a look here at the light blue versus the normal blue. We're about to have a cross. You can read this kind of similarly to MACD whenever these two cross. If this does cross, we'll see something called a green dot. You can see an example right here and an example right here. That would be a good sign that momentum could be moving to the upside and we could be seeing a bottom come in on the very short term, which would make sense because we pulled back down to $45,900 and we are overextended on the RSI, the normal RSI on the six hour chart. Or are not overextended, but we did push pretty deep down here to around 36 taking a look back at market cipher though you can see the two rsi lines crossed which is actually a pretty good thing um and that means that we could be seeing the bulls start to retake that power and as i mentioned earlier it looks like market cipher's money flow is starting to round so things are looking pretty good there on the six hourly chart and if we take a look up here at something called the market cipher dbsi on the six hour chart which is another part of that pack then you guys will see that we have several very large, um, uh, or one very large number on the bottom right here, 11. Remember, guys, uh, positive numbers, the bigger they are, they're a pushing force. Negative numbers, the smaller they are, or the bigger they are in the negative direction, they're a pulling force. So whenever you see a small number, that is telling you that the market is going to be pulled in that direction. Whenever you see a big number, that means it's going to push the market away from it. So we saw back over here on Market Cipher DBSI, a lot of big numbers, 8, 16, 19, 20, 14. Those numbers were giving us selling Pressure pushing us to the downside. We also saw a lot of negative fives down here pulling us to the downside, but now that's starting to reverse. Instead of seeing a 20 and a 14 on top, we're seeing a 4 and a negative 2. And it looks like DBSI could be telling us that there's a short term bounce in play, and that would play into what we saw on market ciphers, or uh, excuse me, Lux Algos, um, Trend Catcher relatively recently. With that said, I do briefly want to mention the daily chart as well. And then we're going to jump here. We're a couple minutes ahead, but I'm going to need that time anyway because we got a lot to talk about in the news segment here. Out on the daily chart, there's a couple things that are interesting to me. Number one, market cipher for DBSI. Honestly, I don't know why this is a part of market cipher for DBSI, but it's always interesting to look at. There's a 200 simple moving average baked into DBSI. and You can see we're actually below it right now. This is confirmation that if we get above 50K, that's going to be a pretty big deal. We've talked about recently, even just 10 minutes ago, why $50,000 is very important for Bitcoin. It's also a psychological level. It's halfway between 0 and 100K. Mass psychology tells us uh, that that's a level we want to pay attention to. It's also the level that the 200 is sitting at. But looking at the, at the uh, market cipher on the daily chart, We are seeing that there have been three green dots in a row and money flow, excuse me, not money flow, uh, that momentum is pushing to the upside. Now, the thing I do want to point out to you is that RSI's are still pushing the downside pretty substantially and money flow is down here and we don't really know where it's going to round. I I can't tell you if it's going to do this or this or this, but I can tell you there is going to be rounding bottoms showing up on the money flow at some point in the near future and when that happens on the daily chart, it's going to be a good sign. As I said everything we're showing you today backs up this i think we're close to the bottom i don't think we're quite there yet tim we have a couple minutes before we need to jump into our news i have a question for you yeah. do you think that we're close to the bottom are we looking at a 44k bottom 45k bottom and should people be buying here well here's
2: here's what's actually really important and i was actually thinking about this i was going to go on a limb here okay. and i was about to make a prediction uh-oh what happened what technical difficulty what happened, what happened? the camera's not working
1: <laughs> tim's camera, camera went down
0: so the battery, the battery went out,
1: huh? How about that.
0: The battery went out, but it's plugged into the wall. Well, you'll it, get to look at my sense. beautiful
1: face while Tim talks. About that's that. Fine. that. That's, that's fine.
0: I'm, I'm you down. You poor for guys. guys.
2: Uh, so this is my prediction: no body on the four hourly chart. So I, I am talking about the four hourly chart. Yes, I will show. Them. No candle body will. Close below below forty five uh, thousand. I actually would go Bold even prediction. further and say I don't think anyone is going to close before forty six thousand. But I'm going to go ahead and say forty five because I think that if we do have a candle body close before forty five, uh, right about forty five, that's going to be the spring that actually sends us uh, in the you know back in the bullish direction. But when I hear people looking at forty thousand even below at forty two, I think there's an outside chance that a wick could touch forty two, but not a close. And the reason why is because we are in a massive, massive like flat bottom area right now, that mm-hmm. range where everything is being accumulated right in the range between 46,200 and 47,100. This is the zone that institutions and whales are looking at to see how much can we buy in that region. If there's a lot of high volume, let's send the price up a little bit, shake people out, come back down, buy a little bit more. But they're waiting for a low volume spot to finally make all those purchases they want before rallying it up. So, uh, you know, this is this is my prediction. And I will go on a limb here and say this. I would I do not believe we're going to see a candle body below forty five thousand before the next rally well there you go
1: guys and by the way excuse me looks like we're going back to coffee and crypto if you have just joined us and you're new here tell us in chat how did you find us did you guys find us on social media did you guys find us through you know where did you find the channel i would love to hear uh from you guys how you came to find out about the crypto youtube channel and about coffee and crypto here we're very glad to have you and thank you everybody who was watching we've got three thousand people watching tim do we have how many likes do we have on the video probably about we have about 781 781 we can get to a come on guys smash that like button i very much appreciate it and by the way if you're enjoying today's show go tell 10 of your friends because one of them might find value out of it as well. With that said, let's go ahead and jump into the next pieces of our segment here. We are going to be looking at Kelly Kellum's Twitter because he talked about yesterday how it looks like we may be moving into a a Wyckoff accumulation pattern and he drew an update here, and it looks like it's following pretty closely to what he said. If Kelly is right, then we could end up seeing the spring of phase C coming into play in just the next several days, and if that occurs, then we could be seeing a bottom, looks like somewhere around forty-five dollars to $46,000, and that would potentially be a very, very bullish thing. There's a few other things he's mentioned here as well. If you take a look at some of these on-chain metrics, we can first and foremost take a look at Bitcoin exchange inflows volume has crashed substantially. Take a look at this, guys, this is very, very important. Look at the amount of money that has dropped off that was going into Bitcoin that was going into cryptocurrency exchanges and put has pushed very far to the downside. We have gone to a four month low of forty three million dollars last observed on the 18th of September. What does that mean? it means that people aren't selling. Is that not what is important in this? Yes, it absolutely is. I want to see people huddling. I want to see people holding on to their Bitcoin because that is how we know that Bitcoin is retaining its value in the eyes and minds of the investor. And that is what is happening. So that is very bullish. Taking a look here at this as well, we can also see, interestingly enough, the number of Bitcoin, I mean, interestingly enough, kind of obvious, the number of Bitcoin addresses in profit has dropped quite a bit to a one month low. Uh, and it's only a one-month low because it was last observed three days ago. Before then, the last time we saw this was several months ago, of about 30 million Bitcoin addresses are in profit. Why is this a bullish thing? Well, let me tell you, the less addresses are in profit, the less likely it is that someone is going to want to sell. Why? Because people like to sell in profit. So in my opinion, yes, some of these addresses are going to panic sell and they're going to FUD. But as we talked about earlier through the market dominance narrative, there are a lot of people right now, we can see it in empirical data called the market dominance chart that are leaving the altcoin space, going into Bitcoin because they feel more confident in Bitcoin right now. So this is a good metric as well. And last but not least, the number of addresses in loss has just reached a record high of 8.157 million. And by the way, let's compare these two number of addresses in loss, 8 million number of addresses in profit, 31 million. It's almost like we have so many people in profit right now that people are taking profit. And that's why it's hard for us to go to 200 K right now, right? That's not a bad thing, guys. That means we just need to spend some time up here between 40 and 60 or $70,000. And that number will change. More people will come into loss. Less people will be in profit because the people that were in profit are going to sell. There is selling pressure that we are still experiencing from the massive rally that we saw a year ago. So I just want to remind you of that. The more time we spend up here, the more those transactions will take place and the more people will balance out and the more comfortable we'll get at this level. The reason why the number of people at loss being at a one month high is a good thing, even though it's sad that I say that, is because it means that people are theoretically, anyway, less likely to sell because they're at a loss and they want to wait for Bitcoin to recover. And I think the majority of people that have been in crypto for more than 6 to 12 months do believe that Bitcoin's price will recover. With that said, let's go ahead and move on here to some news around the Fed. Looks like Reuters is giving me some issues here, but I will go ahead and read the headline to you because this is pretty important. Uh, U.S. investors brace faster Fed taper rate hikes next year, of 2021. That's a very interesting headline. But essentially what we're looking at right now, guys, is the Federal Reserve is meeting relatively soon to talk about tapering the inflation of the U.S. dollar, the money printing, if you will. Now, just so you know, you've probably heard people tell you this before, but money printing is not as simple as running a printing press. Money printing is actually a very complex process of buying mortgage-backed securities and other bonds and everything to inject money and liquidity into the economy. I'm not going to go into it right now, but one of the things the Fed is meeting on right now is about potentially uh, raising interest rates and lowering uh, uh, lowering the money printing, for lack of a better term, of the U.S. dollar. What does that mean? We're going to go into this more in detail a little bit later. We're going to keep going on with our technical analysis. But for now, what I want you to know is that pretty much every single major central bank in a in America, borrows money from the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve helps them to acquire the money that they have. So, if you're paying 4% on a mortgage, then you are borrowing money from the bank, but the bank is borrowing money from the Federal Reserve to make sure that they are able to give out those mortgages. Here's the thing. There's something called the Federal Funds Rate, which is the interest rate that the Federal Reserve charges to loan out that money. It's called the There's a chart called FRED, which we'll probably end up doing a video about relatively soon. It's the Federal Reserve Economic Data, and it has... The uh, federal funds rate. So, whenever the Federal Reserve has interest rates slammed to the floor, like they have been the last almost decade and a half, down around zero percent, it theoretically stimulates the economy, but it's not very good for it. So, again, we're going to go into this more a little bit more. In de- we're going to go into this a little bit more in detail a little bit later. But for right now, I just want you to know the big changes could be coming to the Federal Reserve relatively soon that could uh, impact a crypto market near you. With that said, I'm going to go ahead and read this relatively briefly. There are uh, some signs that the drop that we may be looking at relatively soon could be coming from this. I do want to make sure that you are aware that there are likely going to be some, uh, how would I say, shockwaves in the cryptocurrency market if the Federal Reserve does come out with a major policy, policy shift as they have talked about. Now, Tim, I want to ask you a question here. How important do you think the Federal Reserve is and things like the amount of inflation going on to the U.S. dollar? How important is that to the cryptocurrency market and why is it important that we pay attention to what the Federal Reserve is doing?
2: Well, I'm going to answer the question of how important is – i, I mean, I'm going to change it up a little bit. Hopefully this is what you were asking. I'm going to answer what, how important is it that we're actually going to be raising interest rates. And this is kind of funny. Uh, you know, nobody, especially those of us who borrow money, loves when we have a high interest rate. Everyone, when you go buy a house or you buy a car, you're looking for that bank that has a very, very low interest rate because that's what you want. You, know, you don't want to have to pay a lot of money here's what you need to know about economics. And I learned this actually reading the Bitcoin standard. This is not something that I'd learned a lot about before because I hadn't studied a lot of economics. Yeah,
1: and you know why? Because they don't teach it in school because they want you to be a, a nine to five worker who has no freedom. That's why they don't teach you this stuff. Yeah. yeah,
2: so Keynesian economics. Keynesian economics is what a lot of the world runs by right now. And that is incentivizing borrowing money. So let's lower those interest rates. Let's let people borrow money. Let's increase the debt. And what happens is, is that w- that's what leads to printing more dollar bills inflating the dollar and it makes the economy seem stimulated for a short period of time but longevity wise everyone ends up getting wrecked it's when interest rates spike that economies actually start to do better. And the reason why is because it makes the borrower think twice before he borrows money. Mm-hmm. If I have to take something on 8% interest rather than 2% interest, I'm going to second guess, is what I'm borrowing this money for actually worth the money? And, and you'll be more likely to save rather than borrow. Right. Well, and it's, uh, it incentivizes me to save more to take a mm-hmm. smaller loan. It incentivizes me to only take loans on things that I know are going to be very profitable rather than sometimes people take loans just on risk because the interest rate so low. So in a very weird way, I really hope this passes because longevity-wise, for the sake of economics, we yeah. actually do better economically when interest rates are high because yep. it forces people to be smart with their money. And then whether Bitcoin gets affected positively or not right now, I think longevity-wise, people learning to think more physically responsible and, bar- and save money rather than just borrowing at every whim will cause them to go towards more sound money, things like Bitcoin, things with a cap on how money can be produced and that clearly is not the US dollar this is just going to be a phase where the US dollar maybe starts you know slowing down the printing including you know having higher interest rates but they'll They'll go by Keynesian economics again. They'll start printing money again. They'll lower the interest rates to stimulate the economy. But that, I think, in the long run is going to be an even further push into hard sound projects like Bitcoin will incentivize people to save, to build up their wealth. And then when they do borrow
1: money, they'll do it wisely with good investments. You know why cryptocurrency and Bitcoin specifically are so interesting to me? Because over the last hundred years, we have had the brokers of power, specifically of financial power. We're talking about central banks and governments around the world world build a system that stifles innovation and promotes their own power through their control of the currency and the central banking system. And the reason that I, con- that I contribute to the cryptocurrency space, the reason that I'm here every day is very simply not to get rich in crypto. You know how many things that we could do that one would compromise our morals and two would go against the reason that we're here to make money in crypto? You know how many opportunities there are to make money in crypto that we have passed up a lot. I just want you to know that so that you can hopefully have some grain of trust of within us when we talk about what we talk about because we genuinely care about you. The reason that I care about crypto is because very simply, Bitcoin was not designed to make you rich. It was designed to make you free from a system that was built to keep you under the thumb of the people that control the currency. And if you care about having freedom, not only over your finances, but over your life at large, because as you know, money and power rules the world, whether you like it or not, then Bitcoin is the right place for you. With that said, we have quite a lot of super chats to go ahead yeah, and drum through. We do. Let's go and j- dig through some of these. We have one from Crypto
2: Alchemist saying, What are the chances this potential bounce just be leading into the right shoulder of a head and shoulders to the daily, leading into another huge dump?"
1: Very much could happen. We actually addressed that. I believe it was yesterday. Here's the thing. If we do see a... Uh, a did he say head and shoulders or inverse head and shoulders? Head and shoulders. Head and shoulders. Negative.
2: Yeah. Head and shoulders.
1: So a real one. A real one. Okay. A real one. I don't personally see a normal head and shoulders pattern forming. What I do see is I see a major inverse head and shoulders pattern forming. So let me show you that on the chart really quickly. I see a left shoulder right here. I see a head right here. And then I see potentially another shoulder right over here, because I do think we're going to push back up into those mid 50s moving on towards Christmas. If we did see that happen and we just drew a shoulder line and then had a price target extrapolation, that would give us a price target up around 70. So maybe if you can, you know, uh, take a screenshot of what you're talking about and tweet me at CryptoJeb, I'll take a look at it. But I don't personally see a head and shoulders pattern forming down here? I, I think Maybe he's, he's talking, talking about I, this. I think he's talking about massively. I think that what he's doing is oh, zooming oh, out. He's talking about on the uh, he's talking about <laughs> yes. like on the daily and weekly chart. No, that is possible, and if that were the case, the neckline would be at 40k. We did address that a couple days ago as well, I think on Friday or Thursday or Friday. The thing about that is that the reason that I'm not giving that a lot of credit is because One, Bitcoin's fundamentals right now are so strong that I don't think two would happen. And two is the price target for Bitcoin in that case would be $12,000. I think that that's absolutely absurd. And I would be very surprised to see Bitcoin go below 40 again. Maybe it could go down to 30. I'd be even more surprised to see it go below 30. And look, guys, if it does, you know what? Good. You know where I accumulated all of my cheap Bitcoin and all my cheap Ethereum during the 2018 bear market and and during all the crashes? I have Ethereum that I bought at two hundred dollars and I have Bitcoin that I bought at three, four and five thousand dollars. And I wouldn't have gotten that opportunity if a bear market didn't come. Just yeah. want to make sure that we An- know that. Another thing to remember is
2: people were saying the exact same thing back in June. When mm-hmm. you look at the time frame of between January of 2021 and June, that set up what looks like a head and shoulders pattern. And a lot of people were saying we're that's about a good to point. Crash back down to seven thousand, six thousand. But what did we do instead? We rallied
1: to a new all-time. We rallied high. to seventy thousand. Yeah, it's a good so, point. Showing my chart, we did theoretically have a head and shoulders pattern that formed back there with a shoulder line at thirty thousand yeah. or a neckline. I'm sorry, at thirty thousand dollars. Guess what the price target on that would have been? You I want to take a wild guess. Let's just go ahead and show you here on the linear chart. The price target for that would have been negative $5,300. I think that that is obviously unrealistic. This is why I tell you guys that chart formations are incredibly remarkably important, but take them with a grain of salt as you get into much longer term time frames, especially the more complex ones like head and shoulders patterns. Things like triangle patterns typically are going to be pretty accurate, but things that are more complicated like head and shoulders pattern, yeah. cup and handles, you got to be careful with those. Yeah, we're,
2: we're still a decent way away from even setting big shoulder line man, exactly to say that would happen all right let's keep moving on though uh christian sanchez well that's a no it's not christian sorry christian uh sanchez i've never even seen that name before that's an uh, interesting that's a cool name. name hi guys i love your show my question is if bitcoin starts to rally don't you think ethereum and the rest will do the same even
1: if ethereum hasn't bottomed yet they will lag and the reason i say that if we take a look here at bitcoin over the last four years Let's just take a look at the all-time highs, and I'll explain why I think this is still pertinent, because something that happened four years ago, you might say, okay, well, yeah, why does that matter? Uh, Bitcoin hit all-time high at $20,000 on December 17, 2017. Ethereum hit all-time high at, what was it, Fourth uh, of not $4,000, I'm sorry, $1,400. <laughs> Got to remember this stuff. Uh, hit an all-time high at $1,433 on the 13th of January 2018, a full $20 seven odd days later oftentimes what you'll see happen is that one will lead the other the altcoins will lead and bitcoin will follow or bitcoin will lead and the altcoins will follow we have seen the altcoins leading for the last six months and as we talked about on the bitcoin dominance chart a little bit ago i think that now that we've pulled so far back on bitcoin dominance as people have been so exuberant in the altcoins that people are going to be taking profits from those altcoins and we're going to see a rally on bitcoin dominance which would result in it leading the market
2: yeah, uh, Ian is doing it for the doubters. Just uh, get do, donated, saying leverage longs got wrecked. Fed talks and new variant. Uh, moon
1: boys, noobs, uneducated and overextended. Sell normal crypto. The fud is hyped. I'm buying. It. I'm well. I'm not buying right now, only because I already have so much cryptocurrency. But let's take a look at this. It looks like we did have a, well, we had the two billion dollar long liquidation that happened back on the third of December. I'm currently looking at my uh, CoinGlass.com forward slash liquidation data for anybody who wants to look at this. Um Looks like there was a small liquidation. And by small, I mean, $100 million. That's pretty small in crypto terms. Um, a couple of long liquidations that happened yesterday. So $200 million got liquidated. Uh, so not surprisingly, a lot of it happened over on Bybit, FTX, and BitMEX. So mm-hmm. please be careful. Uh, and on Binance, too, and OKX. But anyway, yeah, there was some long liquidations. And that's what's going to happen when we're in a downtrend. But guess what? When we start rallying, shorts are going to get liquidated. And that's going to flip. And we're going to see buying pressure as a result of that. Yeah. Let's... Yeah, we're done. You're going to move on? We can do one more. One more. Leon the Dutch said, now with text. Why is the volume still so low on Bitcoin? Your thoughts? The volume's low on Bitcoin quite simply because it's boring. You know, funnily enough, the volume often and we actually, in our technical analysis, we actually use viewership on our own channel as a technical indicator because we have gotten pretty consistent in making the same kind of content every single day. So when we see 6,000 concurrent on the stream, that probably means Bitcoin is very interesting. When we see three or 4,000 concurrent on the stream, that probably means Bitcoin isn't very interesting um, because we have a pretty consistent type of content here. And in the same way that viewership across every single crypto YouTuber's channel is low right now, the same thing is true for volume. And that's because the people that are, you know, floating in the wind and cryptocurrency flaked off and they left because they got bored and the volume went with them. As soon as Bitcoin starts going into a big rally, you better believe that those people are going to be right back and they're going to come back in and they're going to buy Bitcoin. And sadly enough, a lot of them are going to buy it too late. So that's why I'm glad that you're here so that you can get ahead of that curve. Interesting fact. The last time volume
2: was as high as it was a couple days ago was back at the end of July. What happened at the end of the July? That was the rally out of the last accumulation phase on the Wyckoff accumulation. That signifies where the whales, the institutions, the composite man up to the volume made a lot of purchases to make this massive rally. Now we see that match that same level of volume as the whales sell to shake out the market so they can buy even more
1: hmm I see that right there. We're talking about July 26th, and then we're talking yep. about December 4th, to be specific. Yeah, you, those, see, you can see little peaks along little, the way. Those but two little blips are the highest. Yep.
2: But, but you see peaks, but if you look at that blue line, what's that blue line called on the volume?
1: That's just a 20 moving average. The twenty moving average, That we have that showing
2: kind of the grouping of yep. volume, yep. we
1: have not been this high since that time. Yep, and that is exactly what we're talking about when we say that we think the bottom is in. Now, let me read you a couple of headlines, then we're going to move into Ethereum here. I didn't get a chance to go into too much detail on these, but to be honest with you, the headline's good enough for you. Uh, massive, massive institutional Bitcoin company, NYDIG, has just raised, uh, they have $7 billion in assets under management. They just completed a $1 billion-dollar funding round. So if you're wondering about the health of the cryptocurrency market, go talk to the hundred millionaires and billionaires who just gave NYDIG a, a billion dollars and they're a Bitcoin company. Clearly, the smart money trusts that Bitcoin is going to do well in the next couple of years, or they wouldn't have just raised a billion dollars. Just want to be clear on that. Just because the price is down doesn't mean that the price is going to stay down for the next decade. It just means that there's a buying opportunity. And as we've said many times, be like a sucker fish on the whales. Be like one of those little fish that follows the big sharks around. Follow the whales guys. Don't try and fight them. You can come and you can fight every single day and say, oh, I don't like the whales. They manipulate the market. Or you can say, okay, whatever. I can't change that because I have no power over that because they're worth $200 million. I'm going to follow them because they know what they're talking about because most of them didn't get rich overnight and they didn't get rich because they're stupid. So the fact that there's literally a billion dollars is being raised for different cryptocurrency companies like it's nothing big deal. The second thing I want to mention here is German Savings Bank wants to enable Bitcoin for 50 million clients. If you'd like to hear more about that, then check out investing.com forward slash news, and they will talk about that over in the cryptocurrency news section. But let's go ahead and move on to Ethereum. Uh, we also have another thing. BBVA Switzerland becomes the first European traditional bank to add Ethereum support. So there is a lot of not only institutional companies. That are worth billions of dollars raising billions of dollars for their cryptocurrency companies but now we're also getting banks adopting bitcoin around the world so again if you ever needed any reason to be confident in the long term of bitcoin you got it let's go ahead and move on to ethereum here because my Ethereum chart looks like an absolute mess. I'm going to explain what all of this means to you. Let me go ahead and remove as much of this as I possibly can to hopefully make this a little bit more simple. What we're looking at right now, guys, is the collapse of Ethereum over the last week. And the reason that I say that, not collapse, that's a a bad term. I don't want to spread FUD. We're seeing the dropping of the price as a result of an anemic market right now. A lot of people have been in Ethereum because Ethereum is the layer 1 that almost every single layer 2 that's worth anything is built on top of, which is one of the reasons I've said that Ethereum is a great investment. It's infrastructure for the projects and products being built on top of it. The problem is the entire cryptocurrency market is pulling back and Ethereum, try as it might, is going to have a hard time preventing itself from doing the same. We've seen Bitcoin drop 40%. Ethereum's only dropped 24%. If we take a look here at Ethereum we're going to see that there are three major levels of support. Uh, there is $3,680. Uh, $3, there's $3, 000, uh, There's $3,300. And there's about just right below $3,000. Funnily enough, if you'll remember to literally yesterday, I told you guys that we're probably going to go down to $3,680. Let's zoom in here and see exactly where we went. We pulled back down to $3,661. So we were pretty close. Where did I get that number from? I got it from technical analysis, guys. This is why I'm a technical analyst, because I have done it for four years and I've seen that it works, as far as we can tell, the Fibonacci level of 38.2% is that level that played out. Now, now that we know that $3,680 has been hit, now we need to ask the question, will it hold? Will we go to other levels? The next two levels to look at as drawn by Fibonacci are $3,300 and $2,925. I am inclined at this point to believe that unless Bitcoin has a major bounce in the next two to three days and brings about a resurgence in interest in the cryptocurrency market by the noobs that left because they got bored, tracking, unless we see that happen, Ethereum is probably going to have another drop. And if it does, it could break through $3,680 and pull back down to $3,300. If we take a look at VPVR here as well. Then there are, this got changed to 60. I don't know why my technical indicators keep changing, guys. But I'm going to go ahead and switch that over to 200. Right here, you can see that there is also quite a lot of VPVR support sitting right here between $32 and $3,300. And if Ethereum does need to pull back down here, I am inclined to believe that $32 to $3,300 is going to be a powerful level. I made a video on this yesterday explaining why I think that it would be a decent place to start buying Bitcoin, uh, excuse me, buying Ethereum if we do pull down to those levels. Now, briefly, I just want to show you LuxAlgo show you what it's saying let's go ahead and turn on the rest of our indicators here and i will show you that we are in a confirmed downtrend on the daily chart the main thing i want to show you down here is the four hourly chart on the four hourly chart similarly to bitcoin we are very far below the trend catcher. Take a look at it here. It's sitting at four thousand two hundred We're currently sitting at $3,830. And we also saw a red X down here, which was a take profit. This was Lux Algo telling you, hey guys, you're in a short. Probably start taking some profit. We've only seen one other of those since we started this downtrend, is back over here on this candle wick. You can see that red X right there. This is telling us that the bottom's not necessarily in, but the bottom could be close. That's really what we're getting at here. And similarly to how we're getting some overextension signals to the downside, as we saw on Bitcoin, we're seeing a similar thing showing up on ethereum with that said let's go ahead and do a little bit of a snapshot on ada and also on avalanche and we will move into our next break and discussion after that let's start with cardano here We have some interesting things happening on Cardano. Let's zoom out to the daily chart. As you guys know, this is ADA BTC, excuse me, ADA over US dollars is what I want to look at. As you guys know, we've seen a very substantial correction on Cardano. I bought some at 160 and I'm probably going to buy some more down here because I do believe that Cardano could be worth $10 in the future. I would not be surprised at all to see that happen. But here's the deal. Cardano going through this correction means that it's getting very close to $1. And a lot of people are saying, okay, Cardano is going to go to $1. It's funny on Dogecoin. That's a good thing on Cardano is theoretically a bad thing, but it might be true. Right now, Cardano looks like it is attempting to set a triple bottom in play. You can see there's a bottom back over here around $1.26. There's a bottom right here around $1.17, and there's another bottom right here. I'm just going to tell you guys this is a very strong downtrend. It does not really look like it's rounding. We're seeing lower highs and lower lows. I am not convinced that the bottom on Cardano is in quite yet, but I do think it's close. I do think that Cardano will end up finding its eventual bottom between a dollar and two cents, which is our historic bottom back over here and where it is right now. I think somewhere in there, it's going to find a bottom. So here's my non-financial advice to you. Don't get too caught up trying to get the perfect deal because if you get caught up trying to get Cardano at a dollar and 15 cents and it's at a dollar and 16 cents and you say, no, I said I was going to buy it at a dollar and 15 cents and you get that particular about it, you're going to sacrifice the good for the perfect. And that is going to lead you to missing out on your chance. So if you believe in Cardano, I personally think now's a decent time to get some. Let's take a look at Avalanche as well. I've picked up some Avalanche recently, and I did not claim to say that the bottom is in. I believe I even told you guys that we could go as low as $53 down here at our previous support. And then there's also some support here on VPVR that begins around $75. But I have begun buying Avalanche because I think it's a good product and I do think that it will um, compete with some of these other decentralized application platforms. It has quadruple bottomed here at $80 and it has a downtrend. This means it's in a descending wedge. Descending wedges typically break to the downside. I personally believe that we're not going to follow all the way through on this because that would push us down to $40. I don't think Avalanche is going to go that low. I think it's too good of a project with too good of a community. Avalanche probably will continue to the downside though. I could see it going to $65, maybe as low as $50. I think we're getting into that buying uh, buying area, but I don't think we're quite as close to the buying area on Avalanche as we are on Cardano. I think Cardano is a great prime buy right now. With that said, I also want to mention this. Avalanche. I'm going to read a headline to you here. I'm not even going to go into it because it's br- really brief. Avalanche adds USDC to bolster DeFi transaction payment options. So even as a lot of these projects are undergoing big drops. Their fundamentals are growing. And what have we said before? The fundamentals are what's important. The price will follow. This is what Charles Hoskinson understands. Just take a look at this chart, this line going through Avalanche. We'll call this a trend line or a uh, average price line. You can see that in general, the price of Avalanche has been going up. Same thing we can say on Bitcoin, same thing we can say on Ethereum. Follow the long-term trend. Don't get so caught up in the short-term trend. If you're a swing trader, instead of doing that, buy the dips, sell the tops. We got way overextended to the upside. Now we're getting overextended to the downside. Don't freak out. When in doubt, zoom out. Let's go ahead and do some super chats. Yeah, we Thank you guys so much for watching. And by the way, like I said, Lux Algo is now offering their lifetime sale again. It has gone up in price, but it is still worth every single penny. If you make one good trade with it, it's going to pay for itself. And they do have a full 30 day money back refund guarantee. So check the link down below if you have found our Lux Algo technical analysis to be helpful.
2: Right, you know, I'm going to answer a question question there's a super chat but I also see a comment in chat from Chaz asking about this uh, the super chat from Guns and Crypto uh, and they ask have you seen the super cycle chart how does it stack up to what's going on now so
1: and what Chaz was kind of getting at was can you expound on what you think is happening with that super cycle chart let me see if I can pull up exactly what he's talking about because there are multiple different things that people are okay. referencing when they say that I believe what he's talking about is let me see if I can find I guess any... Chaz was asking about the extended bull cycle chart I believe he's talking about and having and stuff. Yeah. So here's the deal, guys. I I posted a tweet on this. I I, just from the tweet, I don't know exactly which chart he's talking about. I think he might be talking about this one. If you showed up on my screen here. Uh, That's a video. Let's not do that. Uh, I don't know if they can even see it over here, but basically it says, hey, we might have a drop after the third halving, but we're going to go into a giant uh, bull market. But anyway, the point is, I tweeted this the other day. I've been in crypto for four and a half years now. More crypto has been mined in the last four and a half years that I've been here than will be mined in the next 120 years until Bitcoin has 21 million in supply. The cycles over the last 12 years have been heavily reliant on the halvings because the halvings were more important. The halvings will become less and less important as time goes on because Bitcoin stock to flow ratio is already ridiculously high and it's already beat gold. Gold is one of the most scarce assets in human history and it is the one that we primarily invest in when we're looking for scarcity. So Bitcoin is pretty much already locked in the scarce aspect that it has really that it ever needs. It obviously needs to keep going through halvings. I'm not saying that, but my point with this is, The halvings have been incredibly important. The last three halvings, I personally don't think that the halvings are going to be as important moving forward. And I think we're going to see traditional economical, uh, traditional economics, geopolitics, um, regular politics and economics and um, adoption being the real driver of price, not so much the halvings. So I do think that we're going to see a lengthening cycle. I do think that we're going to see the all time high later than we normally would, as predicted by the halvings. And I do think that we're going to see a shorter bear market this time than we have in past, just because we're in a much different game than we were. We're not in Kansas anymore, Toto. Yeah.
2: Hopefully that answered the question. Um, and you guys can let me know in chat if you feel like there we need a little bit more than that. Uh, RJ Lee said, when we went down to 28,000, we had a Bitcoin ban. This time we don't have, this time we don't, we have, I think that we got snuck in there. This time we don't have to hash power this time. We will not go down below 40,000, in my opinion.
1: I agree. And the reason that I agree is because we saw Bitcoin hash rate, as you said, get cut in half. Yeah. We saw it drop from, what was that? I want to say 180 down to like 92. Was it exahash? I think it's measured in now. It keeps changing because the hash rate's insane. Um we right now you might not know this we reported this three or four streams ago we right now are at an all-time high on hash rate which is an which is a metric you need to pay a lot of attention to on Bitcoin yeah. because if you watch the price of Bitcoin over the last four years it follows the hash rate and it normally follows it in a lagging matter normally the hash rate is a leading indicator if we're at an all-time high on hash rate then you should be expecting all-time highs in the next two three four months in my opinion
2: yeah and here's the thing with manipulation and you last time I went on 28 Just so you guys know, the whales, they have all day long to wait. They are patient. They have a lot of money. They are okay with the price dropping temporarily down really far just so they can get a lot of it. What's hard about the retail investors, you have two fears. One fear is, oh no, I invested too much and I'm gonna lose a lot of money and I don't know what I'm gonna do. And the other fear is, oh no, the price just exploded. I didn't invest enough. That is why we talk about this frequently on this show. You do not put more than you're willing to lose. Jeb, when he got me into crypto, I remember sitting at my kitchen table And Jeb saying to me, Tim, imagine you're going out in your backyard and you are taking this wad of cash and you're setting it on fire. You may never see it again. If you can take that money, that's the level of money you can wait with the whales, with the institutions, and make a lot of money long term. But if you're investing less than that or more than that, you're gonna have fear problems. The trick is, find that level. What can I live without? What can I continue to exist without? I'll invest that, and I'm gonna sit there and let it do its work. It might go up, it might go down, but in the next 10 years, I'm gonna be very happy I put it there. I'm not gonna FOMO in, and I'm not gonna FUT out just because I don't like my levels.
1: Yes, absolutely. I completely agree with you.
2: We, All right, we got a couple more super chats. Super, super quick. Let's uh, Amika, this is a fun one. They didn't even say anything. They just wanted to donate. Amika Ukowama. Oh, thank you. Actually, I feel like I actually nailed that one. That was a Ukowama. good one. Uh, Carlos C. said, wanted to say thank you guys. I really ap- appreciate your channel. Thank you. And well, I, mean, I
1: appreciate you guys watching because we wouldn't be yeah, here without you guys tuning in every day. Thank you so much. Uh, Leon the Dutch just wanted to give two pounds and, and
2: donate. Thank uh, you. And then last one I see here is from C see senior green Senor green uh how much screen do you use for the vpvr and time frame that is a great question uh I, one that i had problems with for a long time
1: before i figured out but jeb why don't
2: you how much screen
1: that to use for vpvr because
2: and based time. on how you zoom in and out it
1: changes right yep I see, okay, I see what he's asking. Senor Verde has a great question. That is exactly, okay. So, here's what I do, and my VPVR keeps freaking changing. Somebody's messing with my settings. Um, <laughs> I have a feeling that's you, is that you over there, t shirt Are you screwing oh, with my settings? That actually is me. It is oh. you? That's what I thought. I'm I thought you was the one messing with I'm not with doing it. it in real time. It's just auto-saving. Oh, mistakes. gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So, where should you draw the VPVR? So, there's two, t- or how should you show the VPVR? So, there's actually two different types of volume profiles. VPVR stands for volume profile of the visible range. If you go into indicators and strategies and go into built-ins, uh, I believe it's built-ins or is it community? I forget. I think it's I think it's built-ins. It's under volume profile. Yeah, they changed it. If you go over here to built-ins, this is a TradingView built-in indicator. Volume profile over the visible range is what I use, but you can also use something called volume profile of a fixed range. And if you just go ahead and drag this, you do this And what you're going to have happen is you're going to get volume profile of just the area that you show. So this is another way that you can use volume profile. You can select a certain amount of charting history. I personally use the VPVR, which is the volume profile of the visible range because it's simpler. But there are other tools you can use. But to the question of what should you use, generally speaking, I like to get as much data as I possibly can that is relevant. So if I'm on the daily chart, I'm going to look at basically the last year. If I'm on the four-hourly chart, I'm going to look at basically like the last three months. Basically what I'm looking for is I'm going to zoom in and out. You've seen me do this. I'm going to zoom in and out until I get data that is interesting. And if I have to, and if I don't find data that I think is valuable, then I'm going to zoom out to see if there's more. So I'm going to start relatively zoomed in, like down here. I'm going to say, okay, well, there's not much support because we're at the lowest point we've been at in a while. Well, I'm going to try and find support because volume profile, the visible range is used to find support and resistance. I'm going to zoom out and see if I zoom out if I'm going to see any more support. Oh, okay, well, if I zoom out on the four-hourly chart for the last six months, check that out. We have a VPVR uh, point of control setting at 47500 where we were at 47400 So zooming out, I got more information. Really, I'm just going to look at all the time frames. I'm going to keep zooming in and out and doing this number just with my scroll wheel until I have the information that I'm looking for. Hopefully, that answers the question. It's really just kind of a feeling thing, to be honest with you. As I've said many times, technical analysis is not a science. It is an art, and a mistake that many people make is they think that there's one accurate answer and oftentimes it really is just as simple as feeling it out and looking around because the chart is your canvas and no one can tell you the right way to paint it.
2: Gotcha. Let's see here. One more. Nope. Two more just popped up. Uh, Nick. Oh, Jackarusso. Jack uh when Camry. I I don't know that one. when Camry. I think um, he's saying when
0: Camry. It's because a I, joke. I think it, what he's
1: saying he, is he, you know when Lambo. He's saying when Camry instead of Win Lambo. Yeah it's I a, don't it's know a that it's joke. You've a never heard joke. Win Lambo? Tim is uncultured. Okay, just for reference, for any of you guys who are new to crypto, CoinMarketCap did something two years ago on April 1st where they um, might have been three years ago now, actually. I can't believe I've been in crypto that long. Um, they did a thing where you could change the dollar. Check this out. They did a thing where you could change the dollar comparative um, from. I, I forgot where it is because I'm always looking at dollars. But you can go over here and change what currency you're looking at. Oh, I don't remember how to do it. They've changed it on me. You could change what currency you're looking at. Instead of looking at U.S. dollars, you could change it to. Um, you could change it to Lambos, so you could see what Bitcoin was worth in Lambos and Ethereum was worth like 0.01 of a Lambo, and Bitcoin was worth like 0. Zero five of a Lambo or whatever is pretty funny, but uh, Win Camry. Uh, I think I think if you've been in crypto for over a year, you're probably there. If you haven't been in crypto for over a year, wait until you've been here for a year, and you'll probably be uh-huh.
0: there. Hmm. Sorry, I went am I mind. doing something wrong? Then? What do you mean? <laughs> I'm in, I've been in crypto for. A year. When did you first invest <laughs> in crypto? Uh, I invested in Dogecoin in August
1: of 2020. Well, okay, to... you did. Yes, that was your first buy. Yes, you're fired. Oh. I'm joking. I'm kidding. 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 We don't joke about that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry. Smay. Now he's going to be scared to tell you. I know. I'm sorry. Smay. I'm sorry. Smay. That was a joke. No, but for real, if you've been in crypto for a year and you're constantly trading and investing and you're like, you know, you're just going to town on it and you have the funds to be able to make a life changing amount of money, then that's where that's going to happen. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, let, let,
2: I'm, there's three. I just want to acknowledge uh, yeah. real quick. And then we do have to do our Friday predictions. Oh, hey,
1: crap, we do. Uh, I
2: always forget. I've got to actually be prepared. Uh, Amika, donate again, finally got this right. What do you think about WRX?
1: What do I think about WRX? I think um, Subaru makes a great vehicle, and I think that uh, I would love to own one one day. No, but for real, WRX, the cryptocurrency, haven't looked at it that much. I didn't get a laugh in the, in the, in the room, so do I any did, of you guys— I did oh, laugh. Oh, you did chuckle over there? You know what a Subaru WRX is? WRX— Way zero X is ranked number 159, and I have no idea what it is. Yeah. So couldn't tell you. <laughs> yeah. All right. Keep reading on these. Uh
2: vaping with thesis. Uh said I have to address Jeb's comment from yesterday's show. Minnesota is heavy in crypto. Love y'all, God bless. Hashtag MN mm. I did I,
1: I did I make a comment about Minnesota? I probably I, did. I don't remember I, uh, no I don't idea. remember whatever comment i made shout out to minnesota we thank you guys for tuning in uh, last
2: one we have here rick four nine six two yard dog said glad you are all back and well
1: Yeah, we're very glad that we're back and well, guys. We've been very excited to come back. I am very, very excited for what's happening in the new year. We got a lot of really cool stuff coming up. And by the way, guys, make sure to check out our Twitter and go and retweet the trailer for this channel. Let me show you really quickly. Uh, One of our editors want to give a big shout out to Zach. He made this. This trailer is incredible, and we're trying to get it to 500 retweets to go and spread the word about Coffee and Crypto. So if you haven't seen this video, you should probably go watch it just because really cool editing. But it's over on my Twitter at CryptoJab. Make sure to go and follow that. But let's go ahead and jump into a discussion about the Federal Reserve. I told you we'd be coming back to it, and so we will. There is a meeting going on today and tomorrow with the FOMC, uh, the Federal Open Market Committee. Uh, talking about tapering, inter, uh, tapering, um, purchasing, quantitative easing, and potentially raising interest rates. So make sure you're full screen really quickly. Let me see if I can find the Fred chart for the Federal Reserve. Uh, and the, while I'm doing that, Tim, I want to ask you a question. Yeah. Should the Fed start to raise those interest rates? Because as we know, they have been extremely low over the last several years. Would raising interest rates help to stabilize these markets? Because as you may have seen, the stock market actually rallied 80 percent in 18 months from its low in March of last year, which is absolutely unheard of. Could the Fed do something to actually fix this? I, I answered this a little bit earlier. I, I don't know. You didn't
2: quite answer, ask me that question, but that's kind of what I answered. Uh, you know, the truth is, I don't really know how it'll immediately affect crypto, but I do think long term it would affect it positively. So I, I I actually believe and this might not be a popular opinion. People might not like it, But I actually believe the interest rates should be raised. And it's for the reason I talked about earlier. So if you didn't see it, you just tuned in, scroll back after the show's over. Watch that part where I was talking about interest rates, Keynesian economics, uh, and why interest rates being
1: low is actually a bad thing. Let me show you guys two charts here. Let me show you first and foremost something called – I mentioned this earlier. This is called FRED. Uh, I believe FRED stands for the Federal Reserve Economic Data. But over here you can see something called the Federal Funds Effective Rate. This – You may not know, is potentially the most important economic metric that dictates how the US dollar is performing. It's in the top five if it's not the number one. This shows the Federal Reserve's. Uh, interest rate. And every other bank has to, if they want to be profitable, charge more money than what this interest rate shows. You can see at its peak, it was up at 22% in December of 1980. I remember my great uncle made millions because he made a bunch of money uh, farming and he took all the money and he put it into CDs that, and these CDs were paying 22, 23, 24%. It was ridiculous. It in theory stifled the growth of the stock market, but it actually meant that people were saving their money. They were investing their money in things like, CDs. And the US dollar wasn't as stable as it should have been because we had gone off the gold standard at that point, but it did help to stabilize the economy. The Federal Reserve has been gradually lowering interest rates, their interest rates, which, remember, are the baseline interest rate for everything else in our economy, all the way down to 1% in April of 2004. These gray areas are recessions, by the way. You can see that it registers like a two-month recession here in 2020, which is an absolute joke. We should have gone through an 18-month recession and reset the economy, but we didn't do it because they're scared of losing their jobs and not getting voted back into power by the people that put them there that we didn't elect. Anyway... I could go on that tangent all day long. But the point is, we had interest rates slammed to the floor down at 0% for 10 years following the 2008 financial crisis. We started raising them all the way up to 2.4%. And then we dropped them immediately to near zero at the beginning of the thing that shall not be named last year. Because the theory is when you lower interest rates, it stimulates purchasing of homes and it stimulates purchasing of cars and it stimulates purchasing of things, which in theory stimulates the economy. The other metric that I want to show you is this, the M2 money supply on the U.S. dollar. Remember what happened in 1971. That is when Nixon took us off the gold standard. We were sitting here. I'm not even going to give you context for what this number means. Just watch and see what it does. This number went from 640. I'm not I'm not going to explain M2. Basically, it's a broad definition of money. Uh, it's a monetary data metric for the amount of U.S. dollars, and it, it helps to show inflation. Went from 640 to 21,000. You do the math on that. What is that, a 3,000% increase? I I can't do the math off that at the top of my head. Unfortunately, it's sad that we can't look at economic data like this and just know right off the bat. My point is this. The Federal Reserve is talking about slowing down the increase of this second number and raising that first number. Both of those things could end up being very bullish things for the market because it means that... The Fed is more confident in the stability of the market on its own, and it could mean that we could see inflation slow down on Bitcoin. So my second question for you, Tim, will Bitcoin correct on a rate hike in tandem with the stock market? Do you think the stock market would crash? Do you think Bitcoin would crash? Or do you think with a rate hike, with those interest rates going up, that people would jump into Bitcoin because they don't trust the U.S. dollar?
2: I think that a lot of people will jump in that have money to do so. I, I actually, there's a potential that it could slow down. I don't know if I want to say it hurts it too much, but it would slow down growth just because when that happens, I think people are going to be a little bit more conservative with their money. They're going to hold on a little bit tighter. But I think people who are wise, who are seeing the writing on the wall, they are going to invest in solid projects like Bitcoin. Uh, You know, I also think it'll potentially people start moving stuff into gold and they start putting it into assets that don't inflate the way fiat currency does.
1: I think there's two scenarios that are going to play out. And after this, we're going to read some super chance. I think the two scenarios that are likely to play out is either one, we are going to see people get very scared as they were in 2020 in March where we saw Bitcoin drop, remember, 50% in a day. That was the largest drop in Bitcoin's history as far as I can remember. I wasn't here for anything larger than that. We witnessed Bitcoin drop from $8,000 down to $3,800 in just under 24 hours. But then we saw Bitcoin undergo one of the largest, the largest growth in market capitalization that it has ever seen a thousand percent under a year, which is remarkable because because it was already a 50 to 100 billion dollar market before that. I think what's going to happen is that if there is uncertainty in the traditional markets as a result of instability of the U.S. dollar, then you're going to see a Probably not a 50% drop, but a decently sized drop on Bitcoin. I don't think it would all happen in a day. The reason that that happened back then was because there was a massive black swan event called the thing that I shall not say on YouTube because I don't want to get my channel taken down. But I think that we could see a lot of um, fear in Bitcoin and that could stifle growth. However give it a year and after people are more comfortable and they don't think that they're going to go broke and they don't think we're going to go into a giant recession because as much as I think a recession would actually be very healthy to reset the financial markets, it's probably going to take a little while because the Fed has built this house of cards and every time somebody pulls a card out, they start putting more supports on And Now we got this Frankenstein house of cards. It'd be better if we just let the whole thing collapse and rebuilt it. I don't think a recession is coming in the next 12 months. I do think one is coming in the next decade. I think it's going to be worse than 2008. But when that happens, people are going to freak out. They're going to sell their Bitcoin. And 12 months later, after after we're through the worst of it, Bitcoin is going to explode. Because Bitcoin, people will see, is the hedge, not the... Cause of that recession, and I think it'll be very bullish for Bitcoin. So, what's my point here? My point here is that the Federal Reserve and the meeting that they're having today is going to have a very, very, and tomorrow is going to have a very profound impact on the U.S. dollar. Why does that matter? Because what the U.S. dollar does and how the U.S. dollar performs is important to Bitcoin because Bitcoin is the paramount hedge against the U.S. dollar. So, if the U.S. dollar is underperforming because of what the Fed or excuse me um, decides, then Bitcoin is going to be the place that everyone's runs. With that said. Do you have any final thoughts on interest rates and the Federal Reserve, Tim? No, that, I mean, I think I've summed it up what I wanted to say
2: there, so. Sounds yeah. good. Yeah, well, let's go ahead and jump into weekly price predictions. Yeah, no, so everybody else has sent theirs in. Everybody they else. Yep. Yeah, so All right. We're waiting on you. <laughs> I, what I, I think can do is read. While you're thinking of it, I'll read through some Super Chats. Yeah, read some Super so we Chats. We did just have one pop up from Greg Gold. That's a G. Thanks from everyone at Dexie Protocol. Uh, you know, okay. <laughs> Sounds great. Uh, I think we had another one come in. Maybe we didn't. Yes, we well, we had one uh, that just popped up from Vinny Fry saying if you had to accumulate a coin
1: such as Cardano long term, how would you go about it? Would you wait for a bear market? I dollar cost average the bottom and that's kind of what I'm doing right now. So I bought it a dollar and 60 cents and now what I might do is I might go and buy it a dollar and 24 cents, probably about the same amount that would make my average entry price around a dollar and 40. So dollar cost averaging the bottom is generally how I do it if I don't have confidence in exactly where the bottom is. Good question.
2: Jason Clark just donated saying thank you for everything nearly finished with my CT2A and Whoa, well, let's as go. much as I can from y'all and the research that I put in and got new Akita puppy named ADA oh,
1: oh there you go Come on! That's like, was it? Uh, is it Mark Zuckerberg who has a goat named Bitcoin? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. him. Yep. Yeah, yep. that's hilarious. Yep. What? What? What a quirky guy! I mean, you saw his avatar. He looks like a me. He looks like he's about to go dominate you in Wii tennis or something. You, you guys Ooh, saw that God. ad? It was it was creepy. That meta ad was weird. No, Anywho.
2: what's funny? We actually debated. So uh, Taylor and I just got a puppy. Taylor, my wife and I got a puppy. We yes, debated. If we were getting a girl, which I, we really wanted to get a, a boy puppy, but if we had gotten a girl because we thought if that was the best puppy, we would have probably named it Ada. So that's pretty funny. Aww. Uh, that would
1: have been a cute name.
2: But uh, I, I thought Bitcoin was too weird to name it Bitcoin. Ethereum's I bought Ada a name. I bought Ada. She has a she has four legs and a tail. <laughs> yeah. So I just I just went with the good old Beamer.
1: Beamer. Frank Beamer, there you legendary go. Virginia Tech coach. You got now you got to go buy a BMW with your Bitcoin so that you can put your Beamer in your Beamer. Stop. You f-
2: <laughs> Do you know any legendary? I mean, there are legendary West Virginia coaches, <laughs> but do you know any of them? Wait, what are you talking about? What, what did he play? He played the, 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 the want, 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 want. Oh he's a West Virginia fan. Virginia Tech he, does, he should
1: not get those buttons. Oh my we need gosh. to take those buttons. I know. I want a there. soundboard over here, too. I want a soundboard. Yeah. All right, anyway, predictions. Stuff. Prediction time. Let's do it. Oh, goodness gracious. What are you guys doing to me? It is so difficult to predict exactly where Bitcoin's going to be in exactly like 72 hours. It is hard, mm. and that is the game. That is indeed the game. By that the is way, the while game he's thinking, just so you
2: guys know, just clarifying for people, This is a game. Like We predict what we think the price is going to be Friday at 9.30 every single Tuesday. Uh, As Jeb just said, it is darn near impossible to hit it right on the dot. But what we started last week is we actually now want you guys to play along with us. So you can put it in a chat, but we're not going to be able to see that. If you want to play along, comment in the video. So make sure it's a comment, not just a chat. What you think the price of Bitcoin will be Friday at 9.30. uh, I don't know if the camera's on him. But uh, T. Shroom is holding out the HODL trophy. He was the winner last week uh, when he predicted 50000 uh, But, yeah, so uh, let us know what you guys think the Bitcoin price is. The three of us, T. Shroom, Smey, and I, are, all our predictions are in. I have But, my Jeff, what you got?
1: I have my prediction. 42000
2: Sixty-nine oh, dollars. Oh no! Forty-two thousand what? Oh no! Sixty-nine
1: dollars. Yikes! That that I'm, is that's a tough one. That's a I'm tough joking, one. actually. That what? was not what I meant to say. I meant to say forty-seven thousand dollars sixty-nine. That what? is a very different <laughs> I prediction. Know what, I know. What. Well, yeah. I really about prediction. that Elon Musk I tweet that I posted think he has to stick earlier. to it. He has to stick to. Oh come 10. on! Don't yep. make me
2: do that. Forty-seven sixty-nine. Yes. Well, I don't like that. Forty-seven sixty-nine. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell you why I don't like this. Why do you not like Smay, that? I'll tell you why here in a second. Sme predicts forty three thousand. He is the oh, lowest okay. prediction. Yes, dang. Uh, coming it. in behind him, T Shroom says forty five thousand two hundred. Okay. So he, you know, they're both expecting a dip. Jeb, your forty seven thousand sixty nine is about 400 and some change lower than mine because I said 47.5. I'm glad. So
1: I am at the highest. I originally was going to say 46, so I actually really? agree. With yeah, you. so you got a nice little I'm, region I'm, there. I'm and I like that prediction. region. I'm, per- I'm happy with my prediction. I'm yeah, happy with it. I think, I think we should also predict whether or not the Jerome Powell is going to increase or keep the same federal funds I rate. think that they're going to – we can make that prediction if you want. I think they're not going to raise interest rates, and I think they're going to start tapering quantitative easing. What do you think, T. Shroom? Yeah. I, I, well, I think they're going to keep their bond-buying policy the same, Yep. meaning that the interest rates will remain unchanged at, uh, what, 0.25%? Yeah, what near zero, whatever it is. And I, But I think that they should. I don't I think they will, but I think that well, not I, only I, that I they agree. should, but they should also probably go ahead and dissolve the Federal Reserve. Yeah, yeah, that'd be nice. Wouldn't that be nice? The world would be a much better place if we would dissolve the Federal Reserve, go back to the gold standard. You know, all hold hands and sing Kumbaya. Anyway, we are way over time, guys. If you enjoyed today's stream, smash that like button. Thank you to everybody who has tuned in. we got a lot of great content lined up for you tomorrow, and we have some good videos coming out later on today. Make sure to go and follow me at CryptoJeb over on Twitter. Make sure to follow Tim at the Crypto underscore beard or the Crypto... Yeah, the crypto underscore beard. The crypto underscore beard. Make sure to go follow Smay at Thicky, soon to be Thinny Smay, because he's <laughs> on a good journey. Yeah,
0: and I'm going to be uh, posting the turtle market definitions.
1: So. Heck yes. yeah. And make sure to go follow T-Shroom T-Shroom, right? T. Shroom at T. Shroom, right? That's correct. T. Shroom. O O M. Boom. Make sure to go follow us over there, guys. If you enjoyed today's show, hit that like button, and don't miss out on this Luxalgo lifetime sale, guys. I know a lot of you guys told me that you missed out on it and you wanted to get it. It is back. You can check the link in the description box down below, and it will be running for a little bit. Guys, if you enjoyed today's show, hit that like button. Dislike the video if you dislike the video. Like the video if you like the video. Share the video with some friends if you think others would find it valuable. And consider subscribing, because we're the fastest-growing cryptocurrency technical analysis YouTube channel on the interwebs, and we want to help you... Become financially free so that you can live a purpose-driven life. That's what we're here for. That's what we're all about. Anyway, guys, before I go, I do just first want to thank each and every single last one of you for watching, as always. And I will see you guys in the next video. Peace. Oh,
0: I got a real good We hope you enjoyed listening to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast. Tune in every day at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch live on YouTube. Follow us on our social media accounts at CryptoJeb. And lastly, we want to thank you for supporting us here at MacFee Media.